Welcome to the show. Okay, folks, we're talking about Tales of the Jedi. Uh, there will be spoilers. And for those of you who do not know what Tales of the Jedi is, well, go watch it before listening to this podcast. But it's an anthology series of six animated Star Wars shorts telling the story. Stories involving Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. So, join me in a minute and we'll talk. Hello everyone, my name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And thank you for tuning in to A Thousand Generations. Presented by Page Turners, they were not my Star Wars podcast. Okay, folks, in addition to Andor, which is a fantastic series, arguably the best written Star Wars ever, maybe? We'll get there at some point. But yesterday, Lucasfilm released on Disney Plus Tales of the Jedi. And like I said in the intro, those of you who don't know what Tales of the Jedi is, uh, go watch it and then listen to this podcast. There will be spoilers. You have been warned. Okay. So let me break down each little episode. Okay. The first one is called Life and Death. Featuring Ahsoka as a toddler. In her village where she grew up. When she turns one years old, which she is in this episode. By tradition, her mother takes her to out to the woods to hunt a roebuck, which is like an antelope, and demonstrates to the toddler how life and death works, involving some ritualistic cutting of the roebuck and things like that. Meant to be a lesson about the nature of life and death. The nature, I guess, of natural balance. Well, anyhow, they, Ahsoka and her mom get attacked by this cat-like creature. But Ahsoka, even as a toddler, is able to, through the Force, establish a bond with the cat. It's a, you know, it's a large, like, like a saber-toothed tiger. And she, it's about to eat her. And then she touches it. And she looks into its eyes. And Ahsoka, as a toddler, you know, without really knowing what she's doing, establishes a connection through the Force with the cat. Which is something that Jedi and Force users can do, is establish a connection with animals. We've seen this all throughout Star Wars Rebels. With Ezra connecting to all kinds of creatures. Well, Sokka does it. Even as a one-year-old. And then the, the cat takes her back to her village. 
and the village elder recognizes that Ahsoka. Well, the village elder said Ahsoka is Jedi. Recognizes that, and we know that not not long after this, we we saw in the Clone Wars. Not long after this, Jedi Master Plo Koon, Plo Koon comes to the village and meets Ahsoka and takes her back to the Jedi Temple. So I liked this short. Um, it didn't necessarily connect with me, but, but it was interesting getting to see Ahsoka's village, getting to see their, their wise woman, their shaman, getting to see how they interact with nature, and getting to see that, by the way, it's Indian. It's inspired. The names of the characters are Indian. Just like Ahsoka's name, because Ahsoka is an Indian name. But getting to see the just how they exist in the natural order and the lesson that her mom is teaching her about the nature of life and death which as luke skywalker tells ray that's part of the natural balance of the world of the universe and that's what the jedi fight to protect so it, it, even though this episode didn't necessarily connect with me, I do really appreciate the themes that it's exploring. Okay, then we go to the second animated short, Justice. And this is the stuff that I was most interested in. We see a young Jedi Master Dooku and his young Padawan, Qui-Gon Jinn, going to a village where a Senator's son has been kidnapped. And you know, they go there and discover that the people in the village are the ones who kidnapped the son of the senator. And they try to retrieve the senator's son, you know, peaceably as Jedi should, but then the senator, the senator himself shows up with his guards. And start shooting at the people of the village. Even though Duke is like, you don't want to do that. Duke and Qui-Gon try their best to stop the violence. And they see that that the senator and his soldiers are succeeding in killing many of the vi villagers. So they get really aggressive and Duku gets really aggressive about you know violence and he they defeat the senator and Dooku you know Dooku wants to kill the senator. You know, he, he force chokes him. Qui-Gon tries to stop him, and he pushes Qui-Gon away with the Force. And uh, Qui-Gon goes and releases the Senator's son. The Senator's son comes out and stops Dooku from killing him. 
And you'd think the Duke would be mad at Qui-Gon for getting in the way by freeing the Senator's son and stopping him from dispensing what Duke calls justice on the Senator. But uh, but Dooku actually tells Qui-Gon, you're wiser than me. Because you did. You did the right thing. When Dooku got carried away by a rash action. We also learn in this episode that the village, which is poverty-stricken, the fact that they are poor is because of the senator. Turns out the senator is responsible for what happened to the people, to their the state they're in. And the senator's son promises to fix that situation. So we discover the corruption of government, a government official not doing his job. You know, there, so there is an injustice there. And the injustice of Dooku giving into his anger and committing acts of violence which are in line with the dark side and not in keeping with the light. I really, I do enjoy this episode yet again. It didn't necessarily connect with me, but I do like the feeling. Because I have to say, the design of the town, the very bleak look of things, and the very sparse dialogue made me think of the horror films that Christopher Lee used to be in. It had that gothic horror, a little bit of that feeling. Which I think is a nice little tribute to Christopher Lee, who played Count Dooku and was in those kind of movies. Um, and I do like the themes being explored here, especially when Dooku tells Qui-Gon, you're wiser than me. I really like that moment. And getting to see a young Qui-Gon, that's really cool. And they did a great job visually making him look like a young Leonisa. Um... In fact, I believe that, uh, yes, that Liam Neeson's son voiced him. Yeah. The son of uh, Liam Neeson and uh, Natasha Richardson, whose name is uh, Michael Richardson. Anyhow, this is a pretty good episode. I like the themes. And I really like the feel of it, because as I said, it had that gothic horror feel that Christopher Lee was known for. Okay, folks, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest. See you in a minute. Okay, we're back. All right. The next episode is called Choices. This is episode three of the series. 
choices. Okay. Master Dooku and Master Mace Windu travel to the planet Rexus Segundus to investigate the death of a Jedi Master. Jedi Master Kutri was defending or, or was serving as a I guess a guard to Senator Larrick. And Master Kutri was killed. Dooku and, and Windu investigate the murder and discover that the senator was killed, or sorry, the Jedi Master Katri was killed defending Senator Larrick from his own guards. It turns out Senator Larrick was corrupt and was using his senate seat to get rich at the expense of his people. And so they forced him, his guards, to work for them once they killed Master Katri. They, they basically were you took him as a basically took the senator as a prisoner and made him their puppet to fix the problems on the planet. A noble idea to change the senator, get rid of the senator's corruption, but murdering a Jedi Master in the process and attempting to kill Dooku and Windu. So, pointing, this is a pretty good episode, and it's really great to see Mace Windu and, and Master Dooku working together because they are so different. In fact, Dooku says to, to Windu, your adherence to rules is maddening. Because we know the Windu, he is a dogmatic, by-the-book guy. Dooku is willing to go pretty far for justice, including threatening the senator with his lightsaber. And Windu's like, don't do that. Yeah, they are very different people. So getting to see them together is really neat. But the next time we see them, you know, in Attack of the Clones, we see them. But getting to see them on the same team but not getting along and Dooku calling out Windu's hidebound attitude. And the truth is, Dooku's right to a degree. Windu is so focused on the rules that that's ultimately his downfall, I think. And, you know, this is a, this is a great episode. Uh, great character work with Windu and, and Dooku. And seeing more the corruption of the Senate, corruption of senators, is really neat. Really neat. And also, hearing the guards who try to kill Dooku and Windu, calling them Senate puppets, which to a degree the Jedi became. Uh, toward the end of the, the that era. 
Tinio, great, great episode. Um, this one really, I think, clicked with me more than the previous two. Okay, episode four, The Sith Lord. Might be the best episode that they have. Uh, this is, it, it starts out uh, just as I think Qui-Gon is trying to remember I only watched it once, but I think that what's happening is it starts out with uh, Qui-Gon Jinn meeting up with Master Dooku in the Jedi Temple. Uh, I believe this is right after... Yes, okay. This is when the Jedi Council is testing Anakin's force potential in the Phantom Menace. Qui-Gon Jinn is downstairs hanging out with Dooku and Qui-Gon Jinn keeps getting weird looks because this is right after he told the, the council I ran into a Sith Lord. So everybody in the temple is giving Qui-Gon weird looks. A lot of whispering. He meets up with, with Dooku. Dooku's intrigued by the idea, um, and we will soon learn why. And, you know, they, they say a few pleasantries and reminisce. And, you know, Qui-Gon used to be Dooku's apprentice. And then it jumps forward the while to after the Phantom Menace. Um, actually, right before the end of Phantom Menace, when all the when some of the Jedi Masters are preparing to go to Naboo for Qui Gon's funeral, Dooku stays behind, and he can't bring himself to go. And yet again, we'll learn why. And he hangs out a bit with Master Yaddle. Yaddle, you may recall, is the female-looking Yoda that we see in The Phantom Menace. She's the same species as Yoda, but female. Voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard, by the way. So she talks with Dooku and they talk about, you know, the death of Qui-Gon and things like that. But I think Yaddle can sense something's up with Dooku. So she follows Dooku in, in her ship uh, through Coruscant as Dooku's in his ship. And Dooku goes to that industrial building that we see in uh, Attack of the Clones where he meets up with Darth Sidious, a.k.a. Palpatine. Yaddle is shocked to find that Dooku's been hanging out with Darth Sidious. That Dooku is, is now a civil lord. Which is funny because it sounds like Palpatine was violating the rule of two. Because it looks like he had already taken Dooku as his 
next apprentice days after Darth Maul's death. So in other words, I think Palpatine had been courting Darth Maul even when, or sorry, courting Count Dooku even when Darth Maul was his, was his apprentice. So technically, Sidious had two apprentices at the same time, violating the rule of two. I thought that was very interesting. Well, you know, Yaddle gets into the lightsaber fight with Dooku. And Dooku gets the upper hand. And Sidious orders Dooku to kill Yaddle. Which he does. Very somber episode, very sad episode. But great to see Yaddle. Great to see the ins and outs of the time in the Jedi Temple after Darth, uh, after Darth Maul was revealed to the Council. Getting to see after the death of Qui-Gon. Filling in some of the corners of the story. This episode, I think, is, is the best one. And I love getting to see Yaddle. My Stellis Howard does such a great job. I love getting to see Palpatine's machinations. So all in all, great episode. Okay, next episode. Episode 5, Practice Makes Perfect. Anakin takes Ahsoka to be trained with Captain Rex. And learning to deflect a bazillion stun bolts from clone troopers. Anakin teaches this to Ahsoka because he said, you know, droids are easy to predict, but in war, you never know what's going to happen. Anyhow, let's just say Ahsoka fails many, many times. Gets stunned and knocked out, but she keeps trying. And she eventually she says, why are we doing this? And Anakin's like, look, I need you to be safe. I need to know you're going to be okay in the war. And she keeps doing it, and keeps doing it, and keeps doing it throughout her career as a Padawan until she gets really good at it. And then the story cuts to the scene in the Bad Batch. Oh, sorry, the scene in Clone Wars Season 7 when Order 66 has happened. And Captain Rex is pretending he has Ahsoka as a hostage because Ahsoka removed the chip from his brain, the implant from his brain, so he doesn't execute 4066. And they come up with a ruse to fool all the stormtroopers in the docking bay, which is the scene right out of season seven, the last episode of the Clone Wars. This is a fun little episode. This is pretty short. I love getting to see Anakin's genuine care for Ahsoka. Um, and that learning to be good at something isn't easy. And Ahsoka keeps trying, and she has to turn the nation. To turn the nation to do it, and that eventually will save her life when Order 66 happens.
Okay, and the last episode. Episode 6, Resolve. Ahsoka is on a little farming planet. This Well, it starts out at Padme's funeral. Yes. Senator Bail Organa is at Padme's funeral. And he sees Ahsoka in the crowd. After the funeral procession, he follows Ahsoka and talks to her. And says, you know, we're going to need your help in this fight. You know, this is early talks of fighting the Empire. And he gives Ahsoka a little communicator, which she doesn't want to take. But through some stuff with the, with um, a little bit of sneakiness with the security clones, you'll have to watch it. It take a while to explain. He's able to convince her to take the little communicator. And then she leaves. And then we cut to an unspecified amount of time later when Ahsoka is on this planet, this like rural planet, working as a farmer. Um, and, you know, while they're doing it, there's this brother and the sister farmers. Well, a bale of hay is about to fall on the sister. And Ahsoka uses the force to save her. The sister notices. And the brother starts to suspect. And, you know, Ahsoka makes friends with the sister. Ahsoka is uh, going by the name Ashla, which actually means light side of the force. Mm. Or that's what the light side is. And she strikes up a friendship with the sister. And the sister's like, I'm not going to tell anybody. But the sister knows. If there's a Jedi, there's going to be trouble. Well, the brother figures it out. So the brother, like Tim and Andor, the brother contacts the Empire. And the Empire sends an Inquisitor. But the brother gets more than he bargained for. The Inquisitor destroys the village. Massacres many of the people. Ahsoka shows up. Fights the Inquisitor without a lightsaber. Fights him, takes his lightsaber and kills him. And the survivors, Ahsoka's like, we gotta leave. And so Ahsoka uses the communicator given to her by Senator Organa. And he arrives in the Tanted Four. The Tanted Four is the blockade runner we see in the original movie. He shows up and they take on the, the survivors. And 
Sir Organ is like, are you ready to come back to the fight? And Ahsoka nods. And that that's a great episode. It's really fun. The design of the Inquisitor's mask is really cool. And, you know, like all these episodes, great visuals. And getting to see the funeral of Padme and see that Ahsoka was there is really neat. And getting to see what Ahsoka does after she leaves, after she escapes Order 66 and leaves things behind. Where does she go? So it's a great episode. Okay, so that, folks, is Tales of the Jedi. Overall, loved it. The Sith Lord episode is my favorite episode of the bunch. Um, but they are all really good. Now, one thing I need to say really quick as we close is these stories contradict what is written in certain Star Wars books. Now, I just want, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna say much, I just want to say this. What is on the screen is more important than what is on the page when it comes to Star Wars. I know how much we like the books and comics and guidebooks. Those are not the definitive canon. The canon is on the screen. Uh, and I have a few more thoughts, but I think I will share at a different time. So I just want to say, let's not get into a fuss about it. The screen is the storytelling. Is the canon. Small screen, big screen, animated or not. That's the canon. And that should be more important than what is written. It does not mean the books are non-canon. It just means if the movies or the shows contradict the books, I don't think we need to get too upset, personally. Because I've always believed what's on the screen is the canon. The books are canon-adjacent, as they say. Anyhow, those are a couple of my thoughts. Let me know what you think about Tales of the Jedi. My name is Brendan Marr. That noisy hearing is my ventilator. Thank you for tuning in to A Thousand Generations, presented by Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.